Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. As we get ready to uh, get into the Word, uh, we're going to take just a moment, because after Sunday school, uh, small groups this morning, uh, we have a team of uh, seven of us uh, that are going to be traveling down to Bennettsville, uh, South Carolina, uh, for the next several days, and uh, serving with uh, Pastor Billy Storms and uh, and his congregation there at Bruden's Fork Baptist Church. So if you are going to Bennettsville and part of that mission team, I'm going to ask you if you'll come forward uh, down here to the front, and we're going to pray um, over the team as we get ready to leave today. Uh, some of us are, uh, this will be our, our first mission trip, and uh, some of us uh, will be making a, a return trip to Bennettsville. We were able to, to go down there. Uh, back in 2018, and served with uh, with Pastor Billy and and his uh, his family and their church, and down in Bennettsville. So um, I'm going to uh, just lift us up in prayer, and uh, you guys be praying for us. Uh, we're going to be doing some community ministry uh, during the day uh, tomorrow and Tuesday, and then doing vacation Bible school uh, with them on Monday night and Tuesday night. So uh, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for this uh, opportunity that we get to be the hands and feet of Christ uh, in the Bennettsville community. Lord, I pray uh, for Pastor Billy and Miss Meredith and Isaac and the rest of their church family as uh, we go and partner with them and to serve you. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. Uh, Thank you for this partnership uh, that began uh, in 2017 back in Jamaica. And uh, so, Lord, uh, we look forward to what you're going to do uh, through us and what you're going to teach us uh, through serving you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I said, we're going to be leaving after small groups today. And, uh, and so uh, be praying for us as we head down there. Uh, Miss Connie's pulling double duty. She's going to sing tonight uh, during their evening service. And uh, uh, we're going to then, uh, they're going to treat us to some barbecue, I understand, for supper uh, after the service. But uh, we're also excited to have our uh, Dominican Republic mission team uh, back with us uh, today. And so uh, many of them uh, are here this morning. And uh, although they, their flight didn't get in until 1 a.m. Uh, this morning, uh, I see some of them there in the back. And uh, so we'll give them, we'll give them a, little, a little grace if, uh, if they doze off, uh, right? So, <laughs> but, um, but thankful for what God did there uh, this week. And uh, uh, continue to pray for Pastor Jack and uh, for Brett. They're actually still in the DR. Pastor Jack's preaching uh, in one church in one village this morning, and then he's going to preach uh, tonight, and then they'll head back tomorrow um, to be back with us. So, uh, so we're so excited. As Joey said, we're we're talking about the Word of God today, and uh, 
it kind of reminds me of this story. Uh, actually, when Miss Connie mentioned Tony Evans, he, he shares a story of a, a Navy captain that was uh, sailing out in the ocean. And uh, he came, uh, as he was sailing, he came across a big light. And uh, he thought the ship was coming toward him. So he gets on the bullhorn and he says, I need you to move 10 degrees south so that we're, we don't crash. And he gets a response by saying, that says, I shall not move. You move 10 degrees north so you don't crash. And the Navy captain, being the uh, most important person in the Navy at the time, got irritated. He says, don't you know who I am? I am the captain of the United States Navy. And I said, move 10 degrees south or we're going to crash. To where he gets the response back, no, I shall not move. You move 10 degrees north so you don't crash. And being irritated, the captain says, did you not hear what I said? That I'm the captain of the United States Navy. And the voice came back, yes, but I'm the lighthouse. (laughs) You see, when it comes to the word of God, the word of God must be the authority of for the life of a disciple who is living with the kingdom perspective, who's living with a kingdom-minded perspective, that the gospel is for all people. You see, the captain thought that he was in charge, but what he soon realized is what he thought was right was not. And the voice that was telling him what to do wasn't there to hurt him. It was actually there to save him and to keep him from tragedy. And that is uh, something that we see throughout the Word of God. And uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Last week, Pastor Jack was uh, sharing with us uh, from the first part of chapter 3. And he talked about godlessness in the last days and how people were lovers of themselves and lovers of money. They were uh, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, unholy, ungrateful. And he was talking about how we need to avoid such people. (coughs) And the Apostle Paul here in verse 10 makes that move from talking about the false teachers there in verses 8 and 9 to the importance of the word. And he says this. He says, You, however, have followed my teaching. He's talking to young Timothy here. My conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconian, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Verse 12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and be deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And if, if you have a highlighter or a pen, I would encourage you to underline this 
next verse, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of the Bible in the Christian's life. The importance of the Bible in the Christian's life. There was a pastor who was invited to come have dinner with the family, one of the families of this congregation. And the mom of the family wanted to make a very big impression on the pastor. And she wanted the pastor to, to read something to the family after dinner. So she asked one of the daughters, she said, Darling, go get that, that big good book. You know, the book that we love, the book that we read all the time. And the daughter comes back with a Sears catalog. <laughs> How many of you remember Sears catalog growing up? You know, I'll never forget my, my grandparents would always give us one of those things. Uh, around Thanksgiving so we could circle the things that we wanted for Christmas. But although that story is, is funny, it, it paints the picture, though, that I'm trying to get. You see, the mom had good intentions, but when there's neglect of the Word of God in the home, things like that happen. You see, she had good intentions. She talked about the good book. She talked about the book that we love, the book that we read every day. And in her mind, she thought the, the daughter would know exactly what she's talking about, but what she come to realize when her daughter brought back the Sears catalog, she realized, wow, maybe things aren't the way that they seem. There's three points here that I want to talk about in early in verse 12 and 13. And it's this. The life of a believer in Jesus will not be an easy life. The Apostle Paul says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. He didn't say that they might be persecuted. He didn't say that they may be persecuted. He said they will be persecuted. And if we're going to live a life that makes an impact for the gospel into our culture, we can expect persecution to come. The Apostle Paul was not unfamiliar with persecution in his own life. We read it in the verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. At night and day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys. In dangers from rivers. Dangers from robbers. Dangers from my own people. Dangers from Gentiles. Danger in the city. Danger in the wilderness. Danger at sea. Danger from false brothers. The Apostle Paul knew firsthand when he shared these words of wisdom. These words of advice to Young Timothy, he knew firsthand about persecution. He wasn't talking about something that he had read in a magazine or something that he had read on the internet. He was talking about things that had actually happened to him in his own life as he lived his life for the kingdom of God. 
There's a lot of people today that, that feel like, well, once, once I become a, a believer, and all, life is just going to get so much easier. Things are going to be smooth because, because I love God and I'm going to serve him. And because I'm going to serve him, God's going to protect me from every single thing. And there's not any harm that can come to me because of whose I am. Those of us who've been followers of Christ for any amount of time know that not to be true. That the more we serve Christ, the more bold and courageous that we are for the gospel, the more persecution will come. Now, persecution looks different for each and every one of us. In the United States, persecution for being a Christian, and when I say Christian, I mean a Christ follower, because that word Christian means so many things in our culture today. It may simply be being an outcast, being looked down upon, being mocked, being laughed at because of what we believe and what we stand for. But in places like Africa, in places like the Dominican Republic, in places all across the world, in places like Vietnam, persecution for being a Christian is so much more. So many times I think about our missionary friends that God has called to serve in other countries. What they must think about when we talk about persecution in the United States for being a believer. If we're going to live a godly life for Jesus Christ, we can expect persecution. He goes on to say, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we read and we studied last week about how things are going to get worse in the last days. And if, if you are living your life as a believer, thinking that our culture and our society is going to get better, then you're living in a dream world. Because the Bible clearly says and all that things will get worse, they won't get better. And that's why it's important that the Word of God is our authority in our life so that we won't be tossed around like waves when we hear different things, different philosophies that, that may sprinkle in a little bit of Scripture there taken out of context so that we don't believe something that's opposite of what the true gospel is. But the life of a believer in Jesus Christ will not be an easy life. And although it may not be easy, those of you that have lived your faith long enough understand uh, that although it, it's not always easy, oh, it is well worth it. It is well worth it because although we may be persecuted, we still have joy. Although we may be made fun of or mocked, we still have peace. Why? Because the Prince of Peace is on our side. And even though things are getting worse and will continue to get worse in culture and society, we stand upon the rock 
who's defeated all those things. The second thing we see here in verses 14 and 15 is not only the fact that a life of a believer in Jesus will not be an easy life, but that a Christian should never stop learning and growing in their faith. The Apostle Paul tells young Timothy, he says, but for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted. Some translations may say, and from infancy you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. A Christian should never stop learning and growing in our faith. Sometimes we have seasons where um, maybe that, that fervor, that zeal for, for, for the scriptures, for Christian community is not as strong as it should, should be. You know, but there should never be a, a point in our life as a follower of Jesus where we are not growing and learning. Because the word of God as we study it, as we read it, there's always something to learn. Warren Wiersbe says this. He says, we never outgrow the Word of God. doesn't matter how young or how old you are, how long you've been a, been a Christian, how long or how young of a believer that you are, you never outgrow the Word of God until the time that you take your last breath. You will... If you continue to seek his word, you will continue to grow. And he will continue to teach you new things. There's always something that we can learn from God's word. Always. And God has given us this precious revelation of himself. In print. That we have total access to. And I say total access because some of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in other countries don't have the free access of this book in, a, in completion that we do. There are stories of believers in Vietnam who have portions of Scripture that have been torn out of their Bible and all. Simply so that they can read a certain portion of the Bible. And that's all they have. And they read it over and over and over again. Why? Because Jesus means everything to them. And Jesus is worth the persecution. Jesus is worth the fact of going in the midst of darkness into a place to meet in a secret church where nobody knows, knowing that if the authorities come, that it can mean life in prison or even death. And in America, we have the whole counsel of the Word of God in our hands. And yet, so many times, the only time that we hear it or read it or listen to it is once a week. A Christian should not stop learning and growing in their faith. Some people believe that, well, as I get older, you know, I, I don't need the Word of God as much because, you know, I'm wiser. I'm more experienced in years. 
I've read the Bible from my young age, my teenage years, my early 20s, my early 30s. And I don't really need as much now as I did then. Oh, that is such a slippery slope, my friends. If we ever get to the point where we say, oh, we don't need the scriptures as much today as we did back then. Think about how many decisions you had to make as a young person. Like important decisions. Now think about how many decisions you have to make on a daily basis as an adult. I would challenge you that we need it more as an adult than we did as a child. Because of the responsibilities that we have. The decisions that we make. Not only for our family, but for some of us, for our businesses. For our companies. For our communities. I was reading this week... On Twitter, those of you that don't know what that is, uh, just look it up. Uh, it's, it's where a lot of, unfortunately, it's where a lot of people that are older, adults, even pastors, uh, will go to um, flaunt what they know or will brag about this or brag about that. But they're, just like anything on social media, there are good things out there. And I came across a couple of quotes by Richard Ross, who is a professor of youth ministry at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, Dallas, Texas. Uh, he's also uh, what, who we would, many of us in youth ministry would call the goat of youth ministry. Um, for those of you that don't know the term goat, um, it stands for greatest of all time. Um, some people would say Tom Brady is that. Uh, for some of you younger people who are into the NBA, you would say LeBron James. I would say you're wrong because no one's better than Michael Jordan. Um, but And the sooner you come to that truth and realization, the better your life will be. Uh, but, but going back to these tweets uh, that he shares based off of research, he says this. When parents love Jesus and walk with him imperfectly, 82% of their children walk in faith for a lifetime. When parents love Jesus and walk with him imperfectly, 82% of their children walk in faith for a lifetime. And I want to I help you understand that. He says... Love Jesus and walk with Him imperfectly. Parents, grandparents, our children, our young people, they don't need to see us that we have everything together. They just need to see us be genuine and transparent and so that they understand that although I respect my parents, although I respect my grandparents, although I respect that youth leader, that children's ministry leader, and all, they are not perfect. And it's okay. Because when they see our imperfections, they understand that we are just someone just like them, walking daily in the gospel, 
each and every day. And he shares this other quote that was I shared with our staff that was pretty alarming and it broke my heart as well. It says this, 90% of church families do not pray daily as families, nor gather weekly for brief scripture discussion and prayer. And he follows up with this question. Why would children in those homes ever believe that Jesus is the priority? 90% of church families do not pray daily as families or gather briefly for brief scripture discussion and prayer. And I say that as a parent who has failed in that area many times, but who strives to live my life In a way that shows them that Jesus is the number one priority in my life. And I fail every day. I do believe just being in ministry with students and families so long. That a lot of the reason why, why families do not do these things on a daily or weekly basis is because parents don't feel like they live up to what they're supposed to. And here's the thing. I want to encourage you parents. And this has stepped on my toes so much this week. Is this. We don't have to walk in faith perfectly. As the first tweet said. It's okay to let our kids understand that we fall and that we sin just like they do. Because it allows us the opportunity to teach them about the grace and the power of God in the life of a believer. You say, well, I don't know. I think families also, parents, some parents feel like, well, you know, how to how to teach them to pray? How do how do how do we have discussion about scripture? What do, where do we go? What do we do? And they feel like they're lost. Man, I, I would just encourage you, man. Let us help you. That is what we're here for. That's what our staff is here for. That's what our church leaders are here for, to help you understand those things. And you don't have to have all the answers. The misconception about discipling and mentoring is that I've got to know so much before I start discipling someone. And the fact is, you only have to know a little bit more than they do. So that as you continue to grow, and God continues to teach you, that you can teach them. Not only about Scripture, but about life. And about having how to live the Christian life in a practical way in our culture and in society. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, but it's for you, continue what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it. And that's another point. I would ask you, who is that Paul in your life? That person who 
that has not only taught you, but continues to teach you. And then I would ask you also, for those of us that are paused in this room, who is your Timothy? Who are you sharing the wisdom of God with? Who are you sharing the things that God is teaching you with to the next generation? It's been said that we're only one generation away from rebellion. A Christian should never stop learning and growing in their faith. And if you're, if you're an adult in here and you say, I don't know where to start. No one's ever taught me. Man, come see us. We'll partner you up with someone to help you take those first steps. And it doesn't have to be big steps. We're talking baby steps. And just having, having a quiet time of your own so that we can encourage the next generation the importance of having a personal time with God each and every day. You know, we just got back from Somersault Camp just two weeks ago, and we're going to be sharing about that in, in a few weeks here with the church on Sunday morning. And um, one of the things that I love about camp with our students is uh, the structure that we ha- they have set up at the camp. Each and every morning after breakfast, we come together, and you know, we sing a worship song, and then the students are sent out all over campus, on their own. They're given a, a devotion of the day with scripture and questions to really think about. Each and every day, that's how our students start their day at camp. And I love that structure. Why? Because it's, in, it's teaching them the importance of God's word in their life. It's teaching them that the answers to a lot of their questions, a lot of the things that they're struggling with, comes from God and His Word. It's teaching them the power that is in the Word of God. And that it's important to them to know God is to know His Word. You see, we can't know more about God if we're not in His Word. We can't know more about us if we're not in his word. We can, we can listen to podcast after podcast after podcast. We can read article after article after article. We can even get a little devotion book and read a devotion every day. But if that is all that we're doing, we're never opening up the actual word of God, then all we're doing is taking supplements. And we're not ever eating a meal. The third thing, and the final thing that we see in the passage from Paul's words to Timothy is this. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The third point today is this, that the Bible is God's word. And it has a powerful purpose for the Christian's life. The Bible is God's word. It's not man's word. It's not what man wanted people to hear. It's what God wanted 
everybody to hear. It's what God wanted humankind to know about who he is, how much he loves them. And it also helps us understand who we are. You see, the Bible doesn't just tell us about God. It tells us about ourselves as well. That no matter how good and moral we feel like we may be compared to what our society is today, the Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that on our best days, our righteousness is like filthy rags. Because what we've done in the church as well as this, is we've compared ourselves to the, to the person out in the street or the person out in the marketplace. And our comparison is to the wrong person. We should be comparing our life to the person of Jesus Christ. That is our mark. That is our target. And the great thing is, God knew that we were going to make mistakes. God knows the mistakes that you're going to make today. He knows the the wrong decisions that you're going to make tomorrow. He knew the ones that you made yesterday. And still, he loved you enough to send Jesus Christ into this world to live a life as an example for us. To be arrested, to be beaten, to hang on a cruel Roman cross for our sins. And he did that because he knew there was no other way that we could be reconciled to him. Here's another truth, and here's encouragement, and he doesn't regret it at all. He doesn't regret that at all. Because that was plan A of his redemption plan for mankind. You see, before God created Adam and Eve, he knew what was going to happen. It didn't take him by surprise when they ate that fruit. But it did give them an opportunity to help them understand that outside of the righteousness of God, that their life is not complete. Outside of the righteousness of God. That they're not perfect. That there was sin in their life. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy that the Bible is not only from God, but it has purpose. It has, it has use, it, it's, and these things are good, they're profitable. He says this, he says, it's good for teaching. It's good for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness. And I don't know about you, but so many times in my own life, you know, I've been okay with the teaching. I've been okay with, with, with being fed. I've been okay with... with The words being preached to me. It's inspired me. It's encouraged me. It's given me. It's given me much joy. It's given me much zeal to continue to live a life for God. 
But he also says that the Bible is profitable for rebuking. And I don't know about you, but boy, that really hurts me. You ever been rebuked? By someone? Maybe a boss? Maybe your spouse? That really hurts, right? You ever been rebuked by a teacher? It hurts initially, but when we understand the purpose behind the rebuking, we understand it's because that person cares for us. And they want the best for us. If there is sin in my life, I don't want to come to church, come in here feeling good about myself, and walk out the door feeling good about myself when I know there's things in my life that need to change. I don't. It's not good for me. It's not good for my family. It's not good for our student ministry. It's not good for our church. So in times of my life when I need to be rebuked, you know, I've come to the fact that although I know it's going to hurt, it's going to be painful, you know, I receive it with joy because I know the result of the rebuking is going to be something positive. He goes on and he says, for reproofing, for training in righteousness. Now, that training in righteousness is uh, more or less for Timothy himself being a pastor. Because the Apostle Paul knew that as long as his doctrine was right, as long as he was teaching truth, as long as what he was saying was actually biblical, that it was going to allow him to be a better pastor. It was allow, going to be, allow him to be a better equipper of the saints for the works of the service in which God has called us to. And the Word of God is profitable for teaching, rebuking, reproofing, for training in righteousness. Here's the goal. So that the man of God may be equipped for every. Good work. And when the man of God is equipped for every good work, he can equip others for the good work as well. And unfortunately, we live in a culture, we live in a world today where because of TV and radio, we can put things out there in the name of Christianity, in the name of the gospel, in the name of Jesus, that is, is half-truth. And when something is a half-truth, it's really all lies. It's no truth at all. So be careful what we digest. Be careful what we listen to. Make sure. Test it. Test what you're being Talk, test what you're, you're hearing, and all from the Word of God. Why? Because it's God-breathed. Because God inspired it. And the, the big excuses from people who struggle with accepting Christ in their heart, for accepting the Bible as inerrant and fallible, is that, well, it was written by man. And they're... 
their, their purpose and their focus is all on the people who wrote it instead of the one that inspired them to write it. And the one who inspired them to write it is God himself. And we know that God cannot lie because it's against his nature. So if God inspired it, and God cannot lie, and all, then there's nothing in here that is a lie. That we can trust it. No matter if it's 2022 or it's 2002. And all, the Bible is still reliable. You can trust it. The Bible is still relevant in 2022 as it was back in the days when it was preached by the Apostle Paul. It is the same word. It is the same because it is the same God. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My prayer today is that before we hit the newspaper for some of us, before we hit the internet for others of us, before we read that article or we listen to that podcast, that we would open up the Word of God. Or that we would pull it up on our phones for some of us. And before we allow any other voice to speak into our life, that we would allow the Maker of all life to speak into our heart so that we would be able to discern what is true and what is not. And that we would follow the Word of God not only in our life, but that we would teach it to our children and our grandchildren knowing that that's exactly what God would have us to do. It is powerful. The Bible is as relevant today as it was back then. Because he's still the same God. And the gospel is still the same gospel today. Because he's still the same God. And the only way that we're going to know more about that and be more convinced of it. Is if we open it up. And we read it for ourselves. Can I encourage you today? Don't rely on somebody else to feed this to you. Open it up for yourself. And let the God of the universe speak truth into your life. Before anybody else tries to. Not only will you be a stronger believer, you will still be imperfect. You'll be an imperfect believer. You'll be an imperfect parent, an imperfect grandparent. But you will be one who's holding to the truth of the one who never changes. And not only will you, your life be better, although you may be persecuted, and persecution is going to continue to get worse and worse. I totally believe that. Not only will you be better, but so will your family, so will your spouse, 
So were your kids. So were your grandkids. And so will our community and our city. Why? Because we've taken God at his word, knowing that it is the source of all truth. And it will never change. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of God will be forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for this opportunity to open up your word. To allow you to speak truth into our lives. And Father, I know, like so many in this room, we feel like we are incapable of understanding your word when we read it sometimes. But Father, may we stop relying on our own knowledge and our own finite being and trust that the one who created us can speak the truth into our lives and to give us understanding. Father, in times of struggles and trials, tribulations and persecutions, may we find the joy of the Lord because he is our strength. I pray that today that those of us who have continued to dig into your word day in and day out for years and years and years find comfort and encouragement to continue on. And for those of us that, like myself, that have struggled many times spending that daily time with you, Lord, may we understand that your mercies are new every day and that we can start afresh right here, right now, today. Father, I pray for the one who doesn't have a personal relationship with you today. Lord, I pray that they would understand that Jesus Christ is the truth, the way, and the life. And that no man comes to the Father but by him. And that it is through Jesus and the cross that we admit our sin. We confess that Jesus is Lord and we commit our life to him. Lord, if that's a decision that someone needs to make today, Lord, I pray that you give them the courage to trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. The word has been spoken. And as we stand and we sing, if there's a decision that you need to make today, and uh, I'm going to be down front. I'm going to ask Corey if he'll come down. Stand with me. The altar is open. If you need to come and pray and just, just ask God, God, encourage me. You know, give me the desire to be in your word. Give me the desire to teach my kids, my grandkids, your word and the importance of it. And may they see that importance in my life. Maybe that, that's the prayer that you need to pray today. I don't know, but whatever the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, you respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Let's stand.
We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.